Thank you. 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 Hello and welcome to Gratitude Sandwich, the little podcast that aims to make a big difference by helping to multiply gratitude in the world through stories from people just like you, regular people. We all find these places where gratitude maybe surprised us in our life, or maybe it's been there all the time and we just learn how to sort of practice it in a new way that brings this light into our life that changes everything. And today on the show, I'm so pleased to welcome Krista Latouse. She went from being a stressed out mom to a proud self-help junkie, from reading a ton of self-help books in her spare time to jumping into life and mind-body coaching programs. In her spare time, she loves teaching moms how to manage their stress levels, show them respite strategies that work, and how to access their own motherly intuition. Throughout the year, she offers free mentoring packages to autism moms specifically. For more information or to get on that list, we'll add her email address in the show notes and we'll give you the directions on how you can put the um, right title in your email so you can get right to her information and have her help going forward if you're in that situation. So welcome, welcome to the show, Krista Latouse. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I can't wait to hear your story about how gratitude moved and changed things in your life. Yes. Well, it's uh, it happened. This story happened about 10 years ago or maybe eight years ago. And my son was going from grade six to grade seven. He was moving from a very small community school of maybe 100 people in total, uh, 10, 12 people in his class to a very large public uh, middle school with 1,100 kids in it. It was overcrowded had close to 30 kids in each class. And uh, he didn't have any friends going from his former school to the new school. So he was all alone. And you know what? He was shell-shocked. And it was just such a huge, huge move for him. And in addition to that, he uh, was becoming a teenager. So there was lots of stress in his life and lots of teenage angst in his life. And he would come home from school and he wouldn't be happy. And so he did a lot of uh, fighting with his sister and I'd have to go in and referee almost all day long. And if he wasn't fighting with his sister, he was fighting with me, just really about anything. And it was, um, there was a challenging time and this was day in and day out. And uh, I don't know if you've experienced it, but I think, um, you know, you at some point your child's gonna have a bad year and this was his bad year. Yes. On the moms too, right? So tough, yes. So tough. So I'm completely strung out at a certain point, and I decide to go to an acupuncture, acupuncturist, and she says, "All right, tell her my story." I said, "Listen, I'm stressed out. I just need to do whatever you can do to help me with stress reduction." So she nods her head and she pokes me with maybe a thousand needles. <laughs> <laughs> fun, fun, fun. That is what it feels like when she once they get going. You're like, are you done yet? 
afraid to move for like 15 minutes, right? Well, the first time I went, I didn't look. Like I didn't even look. And then as soon as my acupuncturist left the room, I like kind of opened one eye and looked over and saw all this like, these like, you know, metal flying out of me. I'm going, oh, what is this? I know. I was afraid to breathe. It's like 15 minutes in a torture chamber. Although if anyone hasn't done it, it doesn't hurt. It's weird. Although, so, okay. We don't need to get, go down this path, but I think there's a difference between typical acupuncture and deep needling. Cause I think that's a whole different thing. And I think that that one's guaranteed to cause some um, uh, sensations, if you will. <laughs> Okay. Well, you know, if I ever get stressed enough, maybe. I know. I'm like, I'll stick with what I'm doing now. Thanks. Exactly. Exactly. What I'm doing is working now. So had you gone to the acupuncturist before then for the similar type of thing, or was this just brand new to you at this first shot? She was brand new. It was a friend who recommended her to me. Uh, The woman's name is Louise. That's all I remember about her. (laughs) So I would go see Louise, stuck with all the needles, took them all out, sent me on my way. And I came back the next week and she sits me down to have a little chat. She says, so how are you feeling this week, Kristen? And I said, actually, I feel better. I think this uh, acupuncture worked. Uh, Not great, but definitely I feel better. She nods her head. She says, hmm, and how's your son feeling? And I said, huh, actually, he's had a better week too. What? And I didn't relate that to anything. I said, yeah, like, you know, it wasn't great, but it was, it was definitely better. And I said, I think it was his best week for this whole school year. And she nodded her head. And then she proceeded to show me a diagram about the philosophy of acupuncture. And apparently within systems, there's sort of this main main part and she calls it mother earth and then there's all these other parts sort of orbiting around her and that would be the things that depend on mother earth so it would be the plants and the animals and birds trees all that stuff and the theory is if there's if you help or heal mother earth that all the things that are dependent on her get helped or healed themselves Wow. Yeah. So I mean, that, wow. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course. <laughs> but of like, course, exactly. It resonated with me. I'm like, that makes total sense. But yet it was such a foreign concept to me back then. And, and plus I was thinking, okay, well, we're talking about helping me and therefore I help my son, but I'm not really the problem in this situation. Right. Like, it is the, the shifting of a small school to a big school and him not knowing what's going on and trying to make new friends and all this stuff. And I'm just trying to help him through that. And I'm also dealing with the backlash and the, the fallout from that. So I was quite skeptical, but I was open to it. And I left there and I decided to start doing a few experiments. So I would really just go full on uh, self-care on a particular day. I'd go to a matinee, might go to the bookstore, just really get into it. Dreamy. And I come back though, but I come back with the, with the view of seeing, well, how's my son doing today? And in fact, he would be still having some challenges, but he seemed perceptively better. Wow. 
Yeah. And so I kept doing these little experiments and then I try, well, what if I try meditating and see what happens? I meditate for a bit and sort of the same thing would happen. And I feel compelled to tell you, Lord, <laughs> <laughs> please, that I'm not the person who's like yelling all the time <laughs> and, and screaming order at my kids all the time, anything like that. So I felt like I was doing the exact same thing, except I was upping my my self-care to sort of an extreme level. And yet it seemed that it was helping. Wow. Yeah. So that was great. But there was this one particular day and I'll never forget it. It was a Saturday and it changed everything for me. So Saturday comes along, I drop him off at the tutor's house. I'm picking him up and the tutor is staying outside because she wants to garden. And we're like, okay, bye, have fun. And we're walking up this long driveway to the car. And I say, oh, I think today we're going to make some homemade pizza together. And we might go catch a movie or do something fun. How does that sound? And he says, he just nods his head. Great. So we get home and all of a sudden all the fighting starts and the picking on the sister and the refereeing and he doesn't want to make the pizza with me and I'm okay. So I'm making homemade pizza by myself, but you know, watching him. And then now he's picking on me and he's like, he doesn't like my laugh. Cause you know, <laughs> when you're a teenager, you're going on about, you know, I should change my laugh. Doesn't <laughs> like my pink jacket. And that's an issue. And you know, it goes on and on. But then of course, something happened when he was 10 Right. And apparently it really bothered him. And this is the first time I'm hearing this. We're addressing that as I'm cutting the green pepper (laughs) to the onions. And then something happened when he was six and it was very disturbing. And why didn't I do something about that? And I didn't even remember what he was talking about. So he's going down his very short life and he's getting madder and madder and madder. And I'm thinking I'm addressing all of these things. Like clearly this is bothering you. I'm really sorry that, You're addressing it by speaking to it, right, in the moment. I'm speaking to him in the moment about these situations. So it would appear that we're over that situation and we're getting five good minutes and then we're into the other one. So finally, I put down the knife to the the cutting board and the knife. And I just go over to the living room where he is. And he's standing there sort of half sitting on the edge of one sofa. And his fists are tight. And his eyes are just glaring at me and he's not happy. And he's saying a bunch of stuff. So I sit on the other sofa across from him and I do something that I've never done. I close my eyes and I take a few breaths and I'm imagining looking at him as a newborn baby. Mm. Very first day he was born and just feeling all the love that you never thought was possible as a human being. And I had this huge feeling of just maternal, like there's nothing else in this room. There's nothing else that matters. It's just me and him. And I'm looking at this beautiful baby in my mind. Mm. And I'm asking myself, what should I do in this situation? And nothing's coming. So I just sort of stay in that moment, which might've been up to a minute. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, my son is saying, oh, my God, 
you're meditating, you're completely ignoring me. I'm so upset. So he's got this whole thing running and I'm just shutting down and looking at this baby because I know he's in, he's in distress. So then all of a sudden I get this hit. I get this knowing that this has nothing to do about the jacket, about my laugh, about what happened when he was 10 or six or eight. Uh, this had to do with the pizza comment with at the tutor's house. What? Yeah. Yeah. And it was just this instant hit. I'm like, that's it. So what happened to expand a bit, the, t- the tutor was there. She said she was going to garden. We were well aware that she was watching us walk up the long uh, driveway. It was a very long driveway to get to the car. And it felt really awkward. No one was talking. <laughs> yeah. And I have a little bit of my own social anxiety myself. <laughs> so I'm like, I need to fill the air with something to say. <laughs> so that's when I order the blue, say to my son, oh, we're going to make homemade pizza today and maybe, you know, see a movie or do something fun. What do you think of that? When we get to the car, my son was completely mortified that I had said this out of the blue with no discussion and process. And what is this tutor thinking about me? And it was just so embarrassing. (laughs) Because homemade pizza is somehow bad. (laughs) Well, you know, I think this made perfect sense in a 12 year old boy's mind, right? But clearly it didn't to me, but it was an awkward moment, I will say. And I think it might have said something along those lines, like, yeah, it was just, you know, I was filling in space, it was a bit awkward. So I said this, uh, I said, it's no big deal. Like if she noticed it, you know, she will have forgotten it. It's no big deal. Let's just move on kind of thing. And he sort of kept it up a bit. And I said, that's enough about the pizza. (laughs) We're going to go home. We're going to have some fun. So my eyes are closed. I'm like, no, this is about the pizza. And then I open my eyes and he's still there, fists clenched, just glaring at me. And I said, I know that you're really upset about the pizza comment. And I know I could tell now that this really embarrassed you. And I'm really sorry that that happened. I had this anxiety and, um, but it, it really embarrassed you. And I'm just so sorry. And I'm going to try really hard not to do that again. Sometimes I do stick my foot in my mouth, but I'm going to try really hard not to do that again. And it's just however I said it, I felt like I said the same thing earlier, but however I said it, it was just really heartfelt. And his whole body just released. Mm-hmm. And the anger just went from behind his eyes. And he just softened and he didn't say a word. And the interesting thing was we just went on and we had a really nice day. Wow. This wouldn't seem like much, except I have gone through this before. And once the day starts out with this amount of fighting, it usually goes on right till the end of the night. And it's very, very challenging. Mm. And this worked. And I'm thinking... I just can't believe this worked. <laughs> and I, I can't believe I got that, that knowing or that hit for something that I never would have thought of. I was dealing with the situation in the moment or the issue in the moment, but really it was something 10, 
10 issues ago that had happened. And that was a huge moment for me. Obviously, I was very grateful that we were able to get on with the day. I was also very grateful that it appeared that I had some sort of tool I could use for when these situations arose. Um, Later, I would find out that there are clinical terms for this. And one is self-regulation, like self-regulating your own nervous system. And the second term is co-regulation. So when a parent self-regulates, it helps the child. I don't know how he senses it. Something transpires uh, and he starts or she starts to self-regulate herself in the moment. Uh, But the beautiful part, so all that's wonderful, but the beautiful part about all of this is just accessing my, what I call my inner guidance system. Mm -hmm. And that during a time of such an, it was an intense moment. And I was able just to take a moment, go quiet, go within, stay with it. And then I get this this sort of like a message, Mm -hmm. which helped me immensely about what my next step should be. Wow, it sounds like a clarity, right? You, oh, it's huge clarity. Yeah. yeah. And so however that system works, I don't know. But I mean, I think at the very sort of clinical term, it would be regulating your system enough to allow maybe a thought you've already had in your mind bubble up and say, here's what's really happening, as opposed to just addressing the thing that's in front of you. Yes. However, that said, I rely on my inner uh, guidance system all the time now, and it's been a process, and it's getting, it's not easy, it's, but it's getting easier, and it's amazing, and I do it for, I do it almost daily in my life. That's Tough stuff. Yes. So the gratitude part is, you know, just by chance meeting this acupuncturist who told me about this Mother Earth system, playing with it, um, having, like learning so much about the process that in fact, yes, when I'm better regulated, because I'm stressed when he's stressed, when I'm better regulated, it helps him. It also took the guilt off of self-care. I mean, we all know about self-care, but there is an element of guilt. <laughs> Absolutely. And confusion around what self-care is, I think. I think, you know, I don't know. I mean, getting your nails done or getting your pedicure. Some of that stuff is just like keeping your toes and fingers nice looking. It's not It's not even like it's like, oh, I'm going to go have this lavish day. It doesn't feel like that anymore. It's upkeep, right? This is just how I keep my body together. When you said you were going to, you saw a matinee, I'm like, oh, by yourself. I was, yeah, I think you told me that before we were on. Um, Krista at one point uh, had a self-care day and she went to a matinee, like all by herself during the day. I mean, that self-care to me, that's like, oh, enjoying. Cause I think that that might be the, the, the problem with self-care is the word joy isn't in it somewhere, you know? I mean, cause it's like, where's the joy? Where's, where's the fun? You know, I think that's huge. Is there joy and play and fun in your self-care? No? Well, look in the show notes. There's a link to sign up for a free 30-minute coaching call with me. I will teach you three tools that are going to be life-changing for you. Free call, zero pressure. Let's do it.
is the word joy isn't in it somewhere. You know, I mean, cause it's like, where's the joy? Where's, where's the fun? You know, I think that's huge. That is an excellent point because yeah, getting my nails done for me, for some people I think would be self-care for me. It's uh, work mm-hmm. because I'm an introvert and I don't know the people I get my nails done with. And they ask me a bunch of questions and I have to answer back. Like that's, uh, unless we're talking about mind body stuff and that is you know, system, right? Like, I have coached, yeah. me. I have coached you know. people um, that are doing my nails just so that I have something that's yeah. Cause small talk bores me to I asked permission. I'm like, do you want to go deeper with that? Cause I'm a life coach. We could, we could go there. And she was like, yes. And it was super fun for me because then I went from being, you know, I don't know. I don't think I'm an introvert. I don't think I'm an extrovert. Cause I think I need both. I'm somewhere in the middle, but I, it, I went from being, I'm sitting here getting my nails done, which I think lots of people think it's lavish and it's so great, but I have to do it in order just to keep my nails from breaking. Cause you know, it's just, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's almost like a healing thing in order to not have pain. I have to, <laughs> to do this thing. So you sit there and you're sitting there and like, it becomes a chore instead of, you know, oh, in the very first time, maybe it was like, Ooh, I'm getting my nails done. Um, but then shifting like you into something that was interesting for me <laughs> to do work. I'm ha- much happier to work with someone in that moment. It was fun. <laughs> That's a perfect hack. I am going to use that. hack. <laughs> I, I, right, right, you got permission. That. <laughs> coaching all the estheticians. in. <laughs> They work hard. They deserve something extra. It's an extra tip. Who knew? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But you're right. I don't like the small talk either. I like to just sort of dive in and, and uh, you can't really dive in with people you don't know. So yeah. Yeah, Unless you're outing yourself and saying, Hey, I'm a life coach. (laughs) Yeah. I'm body coach. How can I, you know, what what do you want to talk about today? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's perfect. Oh, I'm sure you can do a whole show on that. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) But to get back to your point, you're right. You have to love what you're doing. This isn't like, well, I know self-care is this. So therefore I'm going to take a bubble bath. If you don't want to, in that moment, you might like bubble baths, but if yeah. you don't like bubble baths in that moment, then it's become a to-do list. Right. 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 And now you're putting self-care on your to-do list and that creates pressure. And if you don't get it done, it actually pr- uh, creates guilt. Is that mind warping? Right. For sure. So you were talking about how this moment of dropping in, right. You were dropping in when you were um, closing your eyes on the couch and that space where we can drop in and listen and get still that inner wisdom, that inner guidance, that soul, however you want to, whatever, however anybody out there wants to call it, that part of you is never going to give you a list. (laughs) Lists don't come from that place. You know, lists only come from our, you know, like need to get it right, get it done, get it done. And and you that that safe space that we can drop into, that we can be transformed inside of is never going to give you a list. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. If give you a list, chances are it's going to give you, if it gives you advice at all, it's going to give you what you need to do in your next moments. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't give you advice at all. And it just gives you insight into what's going on, which is extremely helpful. Well, and from my Christian background, I would also say it's this space of dropping into the peace that the world cannot give. Absolutely. And what I loved about this thing, this came came as an inspiration to me just in the moment, which I actually now think is inner wisdom. Uh, Told me to imagine my son as a newborn baby because I'd never done that before. Um, where was I going with that? 
I'm unsure. <laughs> but exactly. just, while you're thinking about it, it'll pop back up if it's necessary. My, um, I had a brilliant spiritual director early on when I was in um, yoga teacher training. Because at that point, I was still, I just wanted some guidance around being a Christian and going into the world of yoga, right? And she did a similar thing. And it was a most beautiful, beautiful thing. She, um, I was stressed about my son who was being diagnosed with ADHD and at a very young age. And I I was just having a hard time knowing how to parent and how to guide and how to lead in that moment. And um, she had me move into this meditation where I dropped in and saw him as a, you know, as he was, he was a young child, but just go back to whatever, you know, youthful age where everything was a little easier, you know, where this, this was not in the forefront. And then she had me just be with him and from my Christian background, she had me take him in my mind's eye doing what he loved to do, which was play with Legos. So he's playing with Legos. And she said, now have Jesus come and sit with them and play Legos with them. Oh. And my whole body just lit up like from stem to stern with this electricity and everything began to change because I could move from this space of knowing that I love my son so much. I love all my children so much. And yet the source, the actual source of love, love, God, love, source, however you want to, the universe, however you want to, you know, identify, loves them even more than me. And so there was an even safer space than my worry. And I could take him there and I could be inside of that, inside of that meditation everything began to shift for me because I felt as if I really truly did have an advocate, which is a lot like your tool. I Absolutely. 100%. And I, I think that was the main message is that I am not alone. Yes. You're not alone in this. I completely resonate with that experience completely. And, and that we're always, we don't feel it, but we're always being held no matter what we're going through. We're always being held through this. Your son, uh, you, my, well, my children, myself, all of us. Mm. Um, that was beautiful. Oh my gosh! That you know, I feel like we're living parallel lives in a way because that's very similar to my story. Right? It, is, it is, and I go back to that a lot because I feel like our humanness puts all these layers and layers and layers of stuff in between us and peace. In between yeah. us and source, in between us and Jesus, God, the universe, your internal guidance, internal wisdom, I feel like it's all the same because you know we we're you know we're imbued, we're divinely imbued, we're made of this eternal stardust, and there's just this. Um, I, I don't love using this word, but I'm going to this magic that happens when we start to realize how the power is in the calm. <laughs> Oh my gosh, the power, it's all the power is in the calm. Mm-hmm. I mean, my thing is, uh, my biggest life lesson is that control is an illusion. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Love that, yeah. Oh my gosh, like we're just trying to control everything, but, but you know, something can happen um, in just a moment and changes everything. Yes. But we're always trying to control, but really, if we could just let go, and drop inside and see what 
what wants to happen mm. and know that we are being held or guided at all times. Uh, we have a choice not to listen, but, um, but that is always there. Yeah. That's, that's the message. Yes. Um, and I get goosebumps just us talking about this. We could riff about this all, all day, day long. All day long. Yeah. So we just got back from spring break and at the ocean, they have all these signs about the rip current. Right. What, is it, what does it tell you to do? It doesn't say, you know, swim against it. Try really hard. It says kind of go limp, relax. It's relax your body. Because if you start going with the flow and then you, then you swim, um, you know, parallel to the shore, just so I get all the details right in case any of you out there think you're just supposed to go limp, <laughs> but then gently swim parallel to the shore. You essentially will swim out of the rip current that could essentially just pull you down. Um, and that's kind of what we do with all these negative thoughts and all these, um, you know, these layers and layers of things that keep us from seeing, oh, it was the pizza. <laughs> it was the pizza. I know. I write a book. I'm gonna. I'm gonna call it. It was the pizza. It was just. The, it was the pizza. It was just the pizza. the pizza. Did it exactly. But just to get back to your point, because I finally remember mine. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how when you go deep down uh, and you get to the point of nothingness, which yeah. I love, and it takes a little while in practice mm-hmm. to get there. But when you get to that point, uh, what I was doing with this baby visualization is I was just adding in almost like a universal love, mm-hmm. right? Love for the baby. Yes. And I just think that opens everything up and just lets you be so open to receive messages. Because uh, that's the part that, you know, we're, we're taught at a very early age that if we have a problem, we go ask people or we do research <laughs> and then we analyze it and then we make the decision uh, <laughs> do something and you know that's not always possible the answers aren't always outside but they are always inside Mm. if we choose to to go in yes and with the way you applied stillness that dropped you into compassion yeah and that yeah university of being or that oneness that we have when we are seeing right when we're really seeing um another as not other <laughs> right that right. compassion that unitive compassion i guess is the best way to shortest shortcut to put it. Yeah. it it takes you to a place where you can move from compassion and you can realize hey he just needs to hear this one more time a different way and from this place of ease inside of me i just i love this whole circuit of this story that you have from these aha moments that came forward from a, a trip to the um acupuncturist and i was in a mode of desperation absolutely yeah yeah, yeah i think it's so interesting and i and this is a completely random thought but i have to ask this question just because I think it's interesting. Most people, lots of people have not, have not had acupuncture and I don't think it hurts. It feels weird at beginning at the beginning, but, um, and then it feels like nothing. And then it feels good. Um, I think where do they put the needles for you when it's about stress? Cause that's what you came for, right? Stress. Yeah. So the memory isn't so good these days. I remember <laughs> Days. I just remember a whole lot of needles. I do remember some in my ears. So I have a feeling there was um, something there. There was a ton in my back, a few in my arms. I think I had some in my knees. But I probably said I have a few aches and pains. Yeah. 
But if you can, like, I'll, I'll deal with those. <laughs> if you can deal with the stress, then that would be the best. But there were, I had, I needed a lot of needles, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. So do you still go to an acupuncturist? Uh, no, actually, I think that was one of my two experiences with an acupuncturist. I didn't go to her very long because I felt, actually, I think I found this inner wisdom access point and I felt like I didn't need to go to her anymore. Things were getting better. They were turning around as a result. You got what you needed. Yeah. Yeah. And so I haven't, I haven't really gone back. There was one person and it wasn't Louise, um, she did stick a needle into, uh, I guess, a nerve, which I guess can happen. It's very rare and it's very painful. And I think after that, I said, no, that's enough of, um, I, I can't take that chance. <laughs> yikes, yikes. Well, I yeah. think the other cool thing about your whole story is, is that, you know, you said that this began, you know, eight to 10 years ago. And I, I feel like, you know, I just met you maybe last year, I guess. And, yeah. and I enjoyed your coaching. Um, Krista coached me in um, her mind-body um, way of what with her mind body methodology is what I'm looking for. And it was lovely, wonderful, recommend her highly. But I, I think what's really interesting is, is in eight to 10 years, how much your life can change and all these stories and patterns that are in there that brought you from here to there, you know, we, we can't do, I think it, I think it aligns with our goals, right? So, so like you may decide you want to become a coach, right? You don't become a coach like that moment. Like there's no, or, or you want to have a baby. The baby doesn't just plop in your lap in that moment, right? <laughs> Thank God. Um, <laughs> you've got, you know, we've got this time to prepare. And I think, you know, you go through this eight to 10 years of being these children's mother, being, you know, mothering yourself, learning about self-care, going through the different programs you went through. That's the same thing when you're pregnant, you have this time, you're like, well, it's coming, it's happening. <laughs> this is what's happening now. <clears throat> Your body prepares, everything's prepared. But I think an eight, 10 year cycle, a lot of time we think, you know, I'm no different than I was, you know, a couple of years ago. But if you look at how different, you know, your life is and, and just, I feel like I feel super thankful for those looks back once in a while where you go, wow, look at all this stuff that brought me to this place. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true. And then, of course, my pressury part of me says, well, I wish I could have condensed that in one year. <laughs> but that's not how life works, right? And so it's just a slow unfolding. But I feel like I've totally transformed where I was, and thank heavens, where I was back then to where I am now. Um, I'm a lot less stressed out. Um, I have a lot more tools in my belt as you do right? Uh, what to do under certain situations that I feel we need to teach parents and or we need to put in the school system. I mean, people are coming out and they have no idea how helpful all these things are. Anxiety is rampant in the school system these days. Why is that? And well, why is that? Because we're living in a society where we're push, 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 pushing, and we're not allowing the joy. How much, how much recess do we have left? How much art do we have left? How much music do we have left? How much, where's the joy in the school day, you know? And so I think that that's one of the, one of the symptoms, but you know, I teach mindfulness in schools, right? Yes. So, so yeah. 
it's a, and yoga to children. And so what's interesting to me is watching, um, you know, we all say these things, oh, they need to put home ec back in schools. They need to know how to balance a checkbook. They need, and these are all true because they don't, you need to learn how to do your taxes for heaven's sakes, cook a meal. I mean, I, we had all those things, right? I did. Um, yeah, for sure. Not the taxes of the checkbook. I don't think those were there, but um, I, you know, all those things have been taken out, but there's these other, these life tools, these mind body tools that are huge that are absolutely missing. And so the schools that I work in, I feel like it's this great pleasure. It's a great treasure to be able to um, be with the kids and offer them any, any little bit of, um, of healing. Cause that's really what it is. It's all of us relearning because our parents didn't do it. Our grandparents didn't do it. They, most of them aren't meditators in the West, right? We don't, most of us don't have those, those folks um, in our lineage to, for us to look back and go, oh, so that's how you remain calm. So that's yeah. how you move back into peace, you know? So interesting, you know, right? And, you know, I mean, just sh- from watching shows like Little Hose on the Prairie, <laughs> yes. where I get all my history, um, you know, they didn't have TV. They didn't have uh, internet or Instagram. Uh, they were sewing at night and doing things that were actually kind of calming to the nervous system once they get all their work done. Right. Repetitive work. Right. Yeah. And, you know, our, our mothers and fathers, they were always well-meaning in the pushing and what our kids need um, because there's this fear that um, they need to survive when they grow up. And now, um, but the, the other element to that is that they also need to feel grounded yes. loved and grounded unconditionally. And, and we need to figure out how to better balance that, I think. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, yeah. And everybody has a different upbringing, right? So how much church is involved, whether it's good or not, you know what I mean? Cause I, there's so many times when church was actually a negative experience for kids um, or at least boring. Right. <laughs> and, and then there's, you know, there's other situations where you had, did have a calming presence in your life. Maybe that one wise aunt or grandmother or someone that, you know, c- could have been that person. But I think that there's these, um, this self-regulation that we don't teach, like, it, you know, what you're talking about. And I think we've tried to do it with sports sort of accidentally. Um, and I'm learning at 50 bajillion years old that, um, that, you know, that's sports aren't as bad as I thought. Um, it's just different, you know, it's just a different way to get there. I think in the West, we, 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 we've lost something by not having these sort of mind body tools worked in, but we, so we throw them into sports. So they get this sort of repetition, this body, you know, cause like a runner's high, even from whatever sport they're playing. Right. So they get some sort of release in the body and um, you know, those attaboys from the winds and things like that. So I think that our focus is just shifted so far into sports and there's so much money in that, that there's just not enough the other direction for our mind and body. And, and I'm not really an expert in sports, but my understanding is they do a lot of mind body stuff in sports, a lot of visualizations, for example. Some, some. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, um, and sometimes they even meditate, like maybe someone's laughing at me, but that's my understanding, right? Like they're well, teaching these skills to help them on the field. I think if you go up high level, like, like professional football, professional basketball there, I think they're all doing yoga and they're all, you know, doing all the things for sure. And you can, we can talk about a bunch of, you know, super famous people, you know, actors, people who are like considered successful in the world do 
all those things. Right. Um, but I think that we, we aren't giving the tools to our kids in schools around sports. Right. Cause I think it's really all about the, the W right? it's all about the win. Right. So yes, um, exactly. Yeah. Great points. Yeah. Great. So interesting. So um, we're going to put in the show notes, how people can contact you. Is there anything else you want us to know about what you do and how you can help in the world? Um, or perhaps some information about how you might be starting a, Oh, well, <laughs> Lori um, knows that I've, I've just been toying with the idea of starting a podcast uh, for mothers in autism. And um, so you heard it here, folks. Yay. Yay. I didn't mean to out you, but I thought people should know, because honestly, I think you're brilliant. What you do is brilliant. And I think that, um, you know, if people want to comment here to get more information, if they want, you know, if you say, yes, please do it, please do it, please do it. Put down in the show notes or put in the comments on, um, on the podcast. So let us know if you wanted to do it. Say yes, yes, yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> Thanks. I'm just, uh, I'm just actually figuring out all this podcast stuff. Apparently it's a little complicated, but uh, I'm having fun figuring it out. And if I can at all, I would really love to give it a whirl. And um, yeah, so uh, anytime, just um, perhaps Google Mothers in Autism podcast. And if something comes up, <laughs> it. well, we will also update on the show notes. If you ever do, we'll put in the um, the link to your show for sure. Cause that will be so interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Thank you so much for being with me today and, and sharing your gratitude around this journey you've taken for eight to 10 years. I mean, that's, that's a long time. It's a lot, a lot of goodness in there. For sure. And it's been fun. I loved it, Lori. Loved it. Thank you so much. So gratitude is transformational and it's so simple. Let's practice it right now. Wherever you are, if it's safe, close your eyes. If it's not safe to close your eyes, keep them open wherever you are, feel into the foundation on which you're resting or even walking. Wherever you are, begin to turn your attention to your breath. Inhaling and exhaling. And wherever you are, bring to mind something that you are grateful for today. Now appreciate that one thing deeply. Now continue to breathe in and out gratitude for that one thing for a few more rounds of breath with me. Isn't gratitude amazing? I have a little extra gratitude for my dog, Jeannie. Did you hear her just sigh during that meditation? (laughs) She was what I was being grateful for. She must have felt it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Gratitude Sandwich. We'll see you next time. Ooh, don't forget to leave me a five-star review and subscribe. You know, subscribing is free. We'd love to see you back here. And if you have a story of gratitude of your own that you'd like to share, contact me. The information is also in the show notes. Would love to have you on the show. Have a wonderful day.
I am thankful for you.